Welcome to the Fresh Fiction Podcast. My name is Gwen Reyes. And I'm Danielle Jackson Dresser. This is a podcast where we talk about what we're reading, watching, and listening to. Today, we want to slip into our sexiest look, grab our Insta famous beverage, and call the past because we're talking about celebrities. Uh, and then later in the show, we are joined by Jeanette Alexander. She chats with us about her debut rom com, I Kissed a Girl. We also update each other on our goals from last episode and talk about what's bringing us comfort. Uh, so, Danielle, um, we are in a new week yeah uh, you had a, a big exciting uh weekend behind yeah. us how mm-hmm. how are you feeling now that you are on the other side of having a seven-year-old I know or a little girl I mean she's not little anymore is she <laughs> <laughs> she would say she's not little anymore she's still a little pipsqueak but it's okay um yeah we had two parties for said seven-year-old um, but mostly to keep, usually what we do for her birthday is we do have like a big cookout basically. And like, we say it's her birthday, but really it's also like, so we can have our friends over too. Right. And it's just like all day people come and go. We make a ton of food. We, I bake for like three days ahead of time. You know, we just have a ton of stuff and, and it, it is a nice point in the summer. It's the first weekend of August. And, you know, normally that is what we do to kind of kind of, it's almost like the last hurrah, like before Labor Day, you know, Mm -hmm. this year, obviously for reasons, we wanted to keep things small, but we still wanted to celebrate. Last year, we really just had her grandparents over. And even that we were still very distanced and everything this year, even though Delta is going strong, but you know, we, we went out to specific friends who we felt safe around and then also family members. So we had a friend party one day. It had an outer space theme, which just nicely coincided with all of the billionaires trying to go to space. Ivy really is into like the planets. Like she knows (laughs) all these facts. So it had an outer space theme. Everything we did had glitter involved to be like stars. (laughs) Then the next day we had a family party, which was just, it was really nice to like get all the grandparents and and my brother-in-law and his girlfriend, they came over as well. And we had a really nice little, and it was a perfect weekend to be outside. It was like 78 degrees oh, both days. Beautiful. It was just, it was wonderful. So yes, it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I and love at, that. Yeah. And now, like I was telling you before we started recording, she's at summer day camp this week. So I have a very quiet house, um, except for the cats. The cats, I think, are wondering where she is because they'll just mm-hmm. start randomly meowing and like wandering around. So I think they miss her. She's their number one advocate in the household. She really, yeah, she really is the one who wants them. It's been a good week so far. How about you? Oh man, it is. It's so far the week is going well. Um, I'm on the other end of having visited multiple Costco's in the land of Costco. Right. um, Because my best friend is coming into town. Um, After this episode airs, it will be, she'll have already left and I'll be crying Mm -hmm. and upset about it. Um, But she's coming into town for a week uh this upcoming friday and mm-hmm. i need to get a bed for her and so my husband and i ordered a bed uh a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. and it was supposed to arrive on the 30th i never received like a tech it was like this whole thing i never received a text message they had emailed me but it was in my spam mm-hmm. like so the bed never arrived i found oh, out no. on sunday so i go and I, we had already gone to the stores on all day saturday preparing mm-hmm. getting out there masked 
ready to, ready to stay away from people, but being around them, no matter what, yeah. find out the mat, the mattress is not going to arrive. So we have to go back to Costco just to like, we went to Lowe's to see if they had anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we're, de- we were like, we have to have a bot, a bed in a box because we got to bring it upstairs into yeah. the apartment. So the easiest way is the best way where, Oh, I didn't mention the part where the reason my mattress didn't arrive was because it was delayed until August 18th, which would be oh, no. after her arrival. So I was like, well, we can't wait that long. We got to go yeah. get that. We go to the Costco, like one of that's close to us. And they ended up having the bed in the store that I had bought for a hundred dollars cheaper What in the store. So I was like, we're just buying the bed. We'll buy the bed yeah. and we'll deal with it. It's Costco. We'll send it back. Mm-hmm. And so that infamous famous words right there turned into a whole thing of like I went to pay they couldn't find my Costco membership Mm. then they the the manager like did not want to deal with me and I'm like that person at Costco who's just like holding up the line for two things so it's just you know very embarrassing we ended up getting our card paid for everything left the store got the bed up it's sitting in our living room eventually going to be put onto its bed frame then I find out yesterday they're like well if you want to return the other mattress you're going to have to either bring it back to the store or refuse delivery and then like that started a whole other second day of like trying to return this mattress so as of right now I do not have a full refund but I am expected to get one okay for my mattress and we're taking we're sending the more expensive one back so we'll get 100 bucks back for it awesome for my time (laughs) well I so I feel like our how we're feeling kind of goes with what we usually talk about, which is like one good thing we've achieved because mm-hmm. you do have a mattress I do. and I threw two great birthday parties. <laughs> so I think it all works. <laughs> we, did it. we are success. We're success stories today. Daniel. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know, who are also success stories. Hmm. Celebrities. I don't know about that segue, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, I know where she's going with this, but it's fine. I'll allow it. We should say when we first started talking about this episode, we kind of had thought, like I had thrown out Hollywood just in general, like I didn't even know what it meant. And then we started talking about it a little bit more and we were like, oh, you know what we're really talking about? We're talking about celebrity. And then when you talk about celebrities, you're obviously talking about gossip. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They just go hand in hand. And I think it's interesting to have seen the evolution of what it means to be a celebrity over, especially I think probably the last decade or so. They go hand in hand and it's like celebrities know they need gossip magazines and websites and bloggers and Instagrammers, all, all of the, all of the things they need them to kind of keep up their image, whether it's good or bad. For sure. And I think like, especially for you and I, like growing up Mm -hmm. within like tabloid culture and and getting to really like watch the, the shift from storytelling in television and film and books Mm -hmm. to now being told on magazine covers. Mm -hmm. We were watching, you know, watching People Magazine, watching Us Weekly kind of just explode in the late nineties and the early aughts. And like, that was so formative for me, but I also find it really interesting that there's like this manufactured story behind there. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, um, uh, Jeanette will talk a little bit about in her, mm-hmm. in her interview as well as like the, the manufactured, what's yeah. really going on in the manufacturer story of this, of the, the, uh, the magazine are trying to portray in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just curious, like to get us started, but like, what is your relationship with celebrity yeah. gossip? The older I've gotten, the more I've stopped paying attention. Mm-hmm. 
And I think it's, and maybe that is just something to do with age. And it's like, you know, who cares, (laughs) you know, like they don't care about me. Why do I care so much about them? I just want to watch them on TV or whatever. Right. But I also think that it is really powerful. Like I think of, okay, so there was like that big court case or whatever. I don't, I can't remember if they were actually with Congress or whoever they were talking to, but it was like Jennifer Garner and Holly Berry and a bunch of celebrities got together and they were Mm -hmm. like, there needs to be some sort of law about against paparazzi taking pictures of our kids. Right. Or at least not. And that really led to them mostly just like blurring out their faces, which Mm -hmm. I mean, it's something. It's something. And I just remember watching that. And I think that happened either. I can't remember if it was while I was pregnant or it was like after my daughter was born, but I was just like, you know, I don't even like when, my family members post pictures of my daughter on social. And so it was obvious it was after. So I don't really like when my family members, like mm-hmm. I want to be the person or my husband should be the person. We should be the two people posting photos of our kids. It made me at least think about what I was reading and how seriously I was taking it Yeah, and kind of disassociating it all. And then also I think we, you know, you more so work really, really in entertainment. Like I mostly just look at books, but, but, you know, I think, but I think being in the entertainment business, you do start to realize how contractual everything is right? both like that. And also just how manufactured is. I think manufactured is just like the perfect word because people are one way when they are on their Instagram and that's even everyday people. And then Mm -hmm they're different when they're just with their friends and family and the people that they know and trust. So 10, 15 years ago, I would have been like, yeah, I love celebrity gossip. It's like, what makes the world go around? Give it all to me. <laughs> Give it all. Now I'm kind of like, oh, do I feel like this is weird that, you know, I'm watching this person try to have lunch somewhere? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, what yeah, about yeah. you? <laughs> I mean, I think you really hit it on the head there too, of like the older I get, the more complicated my relationship mm-hmm. with celebrity gossip gets. Cause I do still crave it and still yeah. find like joy in like reading about what someone did. It doesn't, mm-hmm. I don't want to ser- necessarily want to read about like Demi Lovato went and had a fight with the owner of a yogurt shop. And the fact that I even know that is really <laughs> sad. And, but I actually think that that's a very fun thing too, of like stand culture and the evolution of fandom within the attachment mm-hmm. to the celebrity and how like we, there will be those people who do still take it very personally and want to mm-hmm. protect their celebrities. And that's something that we see, we'll talk a little bit about with like some of the documentaries that we mm-hmm. dig into the fan attachment to a celebrity is really, really. Yeah. Well. And how, and how. And how fans will take that and completely misconstrue mm-hmm. what they mean. Now, I am here for all of the K-pop fans taking over like GOP hashtags. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I'm, I'm here. But for I'm that. also like not a fan of like, I can't remember what YA series it was. One book series that is going to become a movie and or a TV show. And there was like one actress whose name wasn't even officially attached. It was just like thrown out there is like, oh, who would we like to see? Like in some article, everyone in this fandom thought that she was the wrong choice. And like for, she like deleted her Twitter and Instagram because she was like, I can't even go on there without someone telling me that I'm the ugliest person in the world. And I should never play this character who I'm not even going to play at this point. So yeah, there it's, 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 it is wild how things have 
evolved into that as well. Mm -hmm. Do you have any favorite celebrities that you like to follow still? So I do actually, and I'm going to say, so first of all, (laughs) I have rules and I've heard people say this before. I don't follow like thirst objects on Instagram, you know, like, so people who I think are hot or whatever, like I don't, unfortunately I do not follow Michael B. Jordan. Does that mean that I like search for his account sometimes and see what he's been up to? Yeah. But I don't actually follow. Mm -hmm. You're like, I have boundaries. Yeah. So most, I feel like most of the celebrities I follow are celebrities who with knowing that they have this manufactured persona, but Mm -hmm. they're people who I think I'd be friends with or would, I would want to be friends with. And so like, I follow Mindy Kaling because I think she's very funny. And I will say I was definitely one of those people when she said she had a pandemic baby, I was like scrolling through her entire Instagram to be like, Mm -hmm. is she pregnant? Can I tell? Um, (laughs) But yeah, but like also I think Jennifer Garner is really fun on Instagram. She's so willing to like make fun of herself um, I think Reese Witherspoon is great. I also love like Nicole Byer, who we talk about a lot, but she's yeah. very funny she's on, so on all screen. of the social media. Um, I also really love Retta. She was on, you know, she was Donna on Parks and Rec and she was on Good Girls, which just ended actually. Um, and she's really fun. She is really cool because she has, she has like her, her Retta persona, but then she also has one dedicated to fashion and then another one dedicated to how, I think she had, when she started this third account, she had just bought her house. So she was like in the process of designing and like remodeling and, and decorating everything. And so those are all really fun. And, and, and her personality comes through Mm -hmm. on all of them, you know, and then I'm trying to think of if there's any, oh, and I really, I love Gabrielle Union. I think she's, really awesome and you know she's married to Dwayne Wade she has an you know their family is really cool um so she seems like a lot of fun but I want to say though so those are the celebrities if you like celebrity culture and this will make sense once I explain what I'm going to say follow celebrity stylists because you get to see them before and after on award show days, you get to see how they put together looks for press junkets, how that changed during the pandemic. And, you know, like being seen from like the way or the really the chest up. Yeah. So I really love, there are three stylists that I really love. I love Elizabeth Stewart. She works with Viola Davis, Jessica Chastain and Kate Blanchett. Um, I also love Law Roach. He works with Zendaya, Tiffany Haddish, and Rachel Brosnahan. Mm -hmm. And then I think of all of them, though, my favorite, and she's probably one of the most famous celebrity stylists right now, is Carla Welch. She works very famously with both of the Biebers, (laughs) Justin (laughs) and and Haley. But then she also works with Busy Phillips, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Sarah Paulson. And I feel like that all of, I mean, all of those people, I mean, they're all celebrities that like, I enjoy their work and, you know, and everything like that. So, but yeah, celebrity stylists, I think are really cool. And then you're also not just following celebrities. Like you're Mm -hmm. following, like, this is someone's job, like to dress famous people. So that's pretty cool too. What about you? Who do you, who do you like to follow? That's so funny. I like trick it up too with my celebrity follows of like, um, I follow like, uh, the fashion designers Mm -hmm. or makeup artists and for the same reason, Yeah, because I find them so it's so interesting to see like what, how they can sort of take that plain face and turn it into what we see on the red carpet. Um, okay. So some of my favorite celebrities, well, I'm going to do comments by celebrities, which I think is a really fun Instagram site or uh, account where you can see all of the curate different 
comment sections on celebrity Instagram posts, mm-hmm. but then it's always the celebrities commenting on the celebrities. Yeah. So uh, that's one of my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. In addition to Mindy, like you said, I also really love Issa Rae. I think she's really great on Twitter and, and, and also Instagram. And since she dropped all of her wedding pictures. Oh my like gosh. The best way to find out for a lot of celebrities is, <laughs> or find out anything personal is through their, through their Instagrams. I used to read Perez Hilton, like before Perez Hilton mm-hmm. had like his whole like comeuppance about being mean. Like I used to read Perez Hilton when he was mean to everyone. Oh yeah. You no. Know? And same with just Jared and which just Jared was never super mean, but I mean, just the amount of photos that they used to put up was just wild. And then I think even go fuck yourself. I still, I do follow go, go fuck yourself on um, Instagram. And I think on Twitter and they're like, they're like just to that line where like, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, like someone just decided that like, they liked this outfit, like, <laughs> and we get over it, you know? Um, but I mean, but I think like people magazine can even feel invasive. Like, I think they cover it up well because they can, they can afford to pay for exclusives yeah, and things like that. And so like, I think it feels better than just like us weekly or whatever, whatever, but you know, so I don't know. So I don't really... I don't follow a ton of celebrity gossip now, but if I go on like Facebook or if like I'm randomly, I'm like trying to search for something on mm-hmm. Instagram, but then like, then I like scroll down and I'm like, well, who is this person? And I'm going to click on this and then I'm down a rabbit hole, you know? Yep, absolutely. So it's like, it's, it's one of those things you really can't even get away from. I understand the appeal of like a biopic mm-hmm. or wait, do you say biopic or do you say biopic? I say biopic. Okay, me too. But I've yeah. heard people say biopic and it really grates it on It really ups- upsets me. And I go, you mean biopic? And they're like, yeah, biopic. And I'm like, no, you're no. And then I just drop the conversation because I'm like, oh, yeah. you're, you're just wrong. <laughs> okay, cool. Got it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I will say like something like, you know, where it is, I, I don't know. It's just, it's so weird because then I think, well, I read historical fiction and a lot of times those books are about someone real a lot of times not all the time though Mm -hmm. see that's the thing I feel like now I've even gravitated towards more like this is a side character or this is someone adjacent Adjacent. not even necessarily real right and but they're interacting with this historical figure yeah so I think that's where I go to that but yeah I think biopics are hard I think biopics are hard when you when you when you find out how much they've changed about someone's life yes. because then it's like well then why don't you just write an original story? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's like so true and one of the things like when it comes to reading about it mm-hmm. or or even investigating sort of pop culture and celebrity culture in general yeah. like there's really just I really just trust historians for that. Like I don't yeah. really even want at this point like there's some and there's some movies that are really interesting that are that are biopics. Mm-hmm. But majority of the time, I'm like I'm with you. I'm like I prefer it to just be a side character. I think yeah, writers like Anne Helen Peterson and Karina Longworth are doing really great mm-hmm. jobs of um, doing historical explorations mm-hmm. of celebrity gossip. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I'm like eh, I think it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just. It's either got to be by the book, which mm-hmm. let's be honest is probably very boring. Mm-hmm. Or, or so outrageous that it's almost too much too to much. be an, even a movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Yeah. So, but what about you? I mean, I know, I know having sp- spoken to you, yeah. um, <laughs> that you do still read gossip sites and stuff. I do. So I'm, tell me like, more. 
I'm like <laughs> gross about it. I'm horrible. Cause I do still have that confliction inside of it. Yeah. Like, uh, so there are certain stories I won't read or so ones that I'm like, because I have been reading it, reading celebrity mm-hmm. gossip for so long. I'm like, Oh, that's just clickbait. And I'm not getting involved with that. Yeah. But, um, I do love to read my gossip rags, like Slub Bitchy, uh, mm-hmm. which is a really great website that sort of explores a more uh, edu- more like academic lens on the celebrity mm-hmm. and tabloid culture. Yeah. Um, but like Jenna will actually mention, they do really just focus mostly on royals at this point, really yeah. heavily on the Sussex, which I do love. I'm a huge yeah. fan of both of them, but uh, sometimes I'm like, okay, I don't need 12 posts about what Harry right. and Meghan are up to today. I also really love Laney Gossip, which is a, it's a, they mostly focus on American celebrities, but mm-hmm. it is run by a Canadian uh, entertainment journalist. Mm-hmm. And she's had it for like, it's been around as long as Fresh Fiction. I think she launched in 2004, just like us. So she's been doing it yeah. and has really, really great articles. And she broke a lot of stuff again, mostly because at that point, Meghan Markle was Canadian. She mm-hmm. broke the whole story about Meghan and Harry dating. So wow. she's got a really close, um, she's got close connections to the Canadian filming world, which is interesting. And mm-hmm. then I also love page six because I have to go there to verify stuff sometimes. Cause I'm like, if it's not in page six, I don't really believe it. Yeah. Cause that's like being owned by the post there. They do care a little bit about fact checking. Um, but then they also have like New York celebrities sure. that, um, don't necessarily appeal to everybody else, but yeah, I find that fascinating. And then also reality, reality tea, which is, if you're looking for celebrity gossip about your favorite reality show hosts or, or, or characters or cast members, that's all on there. That's usually yeah. where the, they're able to sort of aggregate all of the stuff that is popping up on the Reddit forums, which I do frequent and lurk around. Um, mm-hmm. They put it on there. So you don't have to go into Reddit to do your deep dives unless you're up at 3 a.m. And you're like, what is Nini up to? I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. And then for my darker cravings, because I, I do like to balance in the the bleakness of celebrity culture sometimes crazy days and nights is a all blind item led uh oh uh website, excuse me, where everything is, it's the, the owner of his name is entertainment lawyer. He just puts up blind stories and then sometimes will reveal who they are and sometimes not. So every day he drops five new reveals and then drops 10 new, 10 to 15 new blinds. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It, again, it sort of gets a dopamine hit because it's like just Mm -hmm. a little paragraph and you're like, who a mystery, like, who is this? Yeah. Dip into the comment section at your own risk, because it's a very, it's a very MAGA heavy sort of conspiracy theory, gross sort of people. Uh So I don't tend to spend too much time hanging out there. Uh, And then also on Instagram, Demois is a private curated account where they send, everybody sends like celebrity sightings there um, or celebrity gossip or blinds as well. But again, this one's it's all curated. So there's no guarantee what's true and what's not true, but there have been a lot of stories that have dropped um, through there. Like the Ben and Jen reunion was dropped on there. Uh, Michael B. Jordan dating Lori Harvey was revealed on there. Um, So if you're really, if you, if you're hungry for some celebrity gossip at the middle of the night and she updates like every other day or so, but it's always like a lot. So you'll, if you catch it, you'll have a lot of information. Great. Those are all mine. Yeah. I'm like here for your celebrity gossip. I, need to break up with it one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think you have a good lens for it though. I think as long as you're aware. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is I, yeah. 
I'm trying to find more sites that mm-hmm. are, that have writers that are like, we have to talk about the nuance and the discomfort and like the, the darkness and the bleakness of celebrity culture, how mm-hmm. it can be so appealing, but also like what the reality of it is. And I think that those are really important to read and not just read the stuff that's like, oh, here's a pretty picture or just trust what the celebrity is saying. Because like, we know with even just our friends who live one life on Instagram and live a mm-hmm. different life in person, it's yeah. just like that with famous people. Yeah, totally. Okay. Let's get to some recommendations. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for your recommendations. Um, do you want me to go first or shall you, do you want to go first? You can go first. Okay. I'll go first. Yeah. yeah so I just kind of went with some more nonfiction picks mm-hmm. uh, to get your celebrity gossip going. Um, I love on Paramount plus you can watch new episodes of behind the music, which Ooh. was a show on VH1. Yeah. Um, in the nineties and in the two thousands, what they were investigate, go just 30 minute documentaries about either a celebrity or a band or a singer Mm -hmm. or anybody, obviously about musician, but it was always dark and seedy, but it would wrap up in 30 minutes and you'd learn something. And sometimes it'd be an hour and you'd really learn something. Yeah. Um, but they have new episodes on Paramount plus, uh, the old episodes you can catch on YouTube. If there's certain ones that you're interested Mm -hmm. in seeing, um, I also really love a documentary called Tabloid, which was by Errol Morris. Um, this one's really not about a, uh, like a, a movie, so like an entertainment celebrity, mm-hmm. as much as it's about how a, a normal person be- can become a celebrity based off mm-hmm. of the tabloids that based off of whatever scandal happens to them. So mm-hmm. this is um, a woman who is uh, murdered. I think this one's, yeah, she's murdered and then her, her she becomes infamous because of that. And then they find out like whether or not she actually was murdered. So it Ooh. plays out all in tabloids and they're able to, to, to twist and pull with that narrative. So it's mm-hmm. I also really love Nobody Speaks, which is a documentary on Netflix about the Gawker lawsuit with Hulk yeah. Hogan. Um, and it's, it's a really interesting conversation about how you, how the, how um, authors and publications will write about uh celebrities and how mm-hmm. the, the, there's like the internet makes it like this sort of unknown wild wild west and right. there has to be there has to be rules and stuff but then also this lawsuit completely tanked gawker and so right <laughs> yeah. uh yeah it's like that's an interesting documentary um i also really loved amy which is a documentary about mm-hmm. uh amy winehouse that really 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 does a great job of showing how instant fame can really be not the greatest thing in the entire world, but leaves yeah. some, leaves the world with this amazing voice and this amazing set of art. Mm-hmm. So it's really beautiful and it won an Academy Award. Um, and then finally, I know we talked about framing Britney Spears, but I think that that one's a really great documentary that really helps sort of, sort of reframe that lens of celebrity culture from the yeah. 2000s and has us look back at it 20 years later and say, well, we were complacent in that. Um, mm-hmm. And then finally, I love, there's a FX show by Court, that Courtney Cox did called Dirt um, that's all about celebrity gossip and, and uh, the tabloid function of getting that perfect celebrity picture. So you can find that, I think, on uh, FX on Hulu, yeah. but you can also find it online. Awesome. Yeah, those are all really interesting. Man, I love Behind the Music. Right? <laughs> It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> I had no idea there were new ones. I may have to like look at Paramount. Man, mm-hmm. another streaming service. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. So when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about how 
they always say like, especially during award season that Hollywood loves a Hollywood story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so all of these movies, you know, okay. So like the example I'm going to give from last Oscar season was Mank. I didn't even know what Mank was. I was right. like, what is this? I don't understand what's happening. And it was like, the reason it probably got nominated is because it was about this famous guy, you know, who was really a big name to not even actors and actresses, but just people in the business. Yeah. So I think that that's really interesting. So going from with that, but then also taking in my weird relationship to biopics, (laughs) I was thinking about movies where the person in question, it's like, are they acting or are they just doing an impression? And then those performances being celebrated. (laughs) So I think most recently it's like Bohemian Rhapsody with Rami Malek, Judy with Renee Zellweger, um, My Week with Marilyn with Michelle Williams, you know, like, and that was kind of Kind of like her, not, she had been in more serious stuff since Dawson's Creek, obviously, but that was like, oh, wait, she can act. Mm -hmm, Yeah. And, you know, and I think she had done um, Brokeback Mountain, but then it was like that really kind of propelled her, I think, to the next level. And obviously she was very, you know, she was nominated for an Oscar. Um, I also thought of most recently the United States versus Billie Holiday with Andra Day. And I think when you talk about that movie, you have to talk about Lady Sings the Blues with Diana Ross, just because Billie Holiday's story is quite tragic and tumultuous, but I think Mm -hmm. these films took it even further (laughs) and both very magnetic, amazing performances, but then kind of the rest of the movie around those weren't wonderful. They were Mm -hmm. fine, but they weren't great. Um, And then I think of something like The Aviator, where you had, what, Leonardo DiCaprio, Kate Blanchett, Kate Beckinsale, a ton of other people I'm not even thinking of playing actual Hollywood figures and actors and actresses. Um, So those are, those were like the real life ones. Like, and again, it was more like when you watch these movies, like, I think watching a lot of these movies in the moment, you're like, oh God, this is so great. But then when you actually think about it, and then I think especially with something like Judy and even like, you know, any, either of the Billie Holiday movies, it's like, was, was this real? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what exactly right. is happening here? Really but in the happening. moment, I really enjoyed those performances, especially. But then I also think that there's something to be said about when a movie is made or TV show, but in this case, I'm talking about movies. When a movie is made about someone who's famous, but it's not a real person, like it's just, mm-hmm. they're all, they're a fake celebrity in this world that's being created. Right. So I think of like a movie like Beyond the Lights with Gugu and Batha Ra, and then any version of A Star is Born, but of course, most recently with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I mean, you know, and those are real. And interestingly enough, those are both music movies. Right. Um, so that's interesting. But anyway, I really, I really enjoyed both of those movies and all. I mean, I think I've, I saw definitely the Barbara Streisand version of A Star is Born and then this more recent one. But those are really interesting because I think it, it sheds a light on someone becoming famous and how they deal with that and like all the ramifications that come with it. And then going back to kind of Hollywood love stories about Hollywood, you know, Birdman was kind of this vehicle for Michael Keaton to kind of have a bit of a resurgence. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, when was that like in the mid 
aughts ish when the artist like took ever like did so well at the Oscars and it is it's one of those movies I remember a few years ago watching that movie again and I was like why were we all so in love with this movie it It wasn't I mean it was a good movie it was very enjoyable but you know that and that was also just interesting because it was taking like you know silent films Mm -hmm. and you know and all of that so that was really cool um I do want to give like a quick shout out to American Crime Story, you know, both of the Gianni Versace and OJ Simpson seasons. I think that that is really interesting. But I also wonder if what's more, what's most interesting about those types of shows is who they cast to play. Right. (laughs) It's almost like the celebrity within the celebrity. Yes. And it does. It does get kind Mm -hmm. of meta a little bit. And like, yeah, so that's interesting. And I will say they just released one of the posters for the new season, which is, yeah, for impeachment, which, I mean, you know, it was just, it's Beanie Feldstein playing Monica Lewinsky <laughs> in the blue suit. Like it's, it's there. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, and I think fitting in with kind of the fictional celebrity is you can put entourage in there. I never really got into entourage. My mm-hmm. husband, when we first started dating, it was like kind of entourage was ending and before the movie even and it was just like he and it was like he was he watched it because one of his roommates watched it so he kind of got into it and I just never could but right you know I know a lot of people really like it but I think that show is very much of its time and then I think there's also something to be said about like thinly veiled in reality shows so I think of Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry mm-hmm. David who's like taking these stories from his very long storied comedy career and then fictionalizing them but then also it seems like a lot like when you do talk to him like he'll be like no that happened you know so that's really funny and then one Mississippi which was on Amazon Prime which is kind of a semi-autobiographical show with um Tig Notaro and like kind of all of the it's a it's definitely a dark comedy like some very like sad things happen on that show but as Tig Notaro does with everything she does it she makes it funny which is great and then I do have a few books just to recommend I feel like in romance right now, especially Hollywood romances or celebrity romances are kind of having a moment. So I want to recommend you had me at Ola by Alexis Daria, which is about two people who are going to star on a new um, telenovela. It's really fun. And I think it does, it gives a really good inside look at like how TV shows are made and like when you're playing love interests Mm -hmm. and how that translates into like when you are actual love interests in each other's lives um she also her debut novel was it was like set on a show kind of like dancing with the stars it's called take the lead and that that one's really fun as well that came out a few years ago um real by kennedy ryan is about an actress and the director who she she gets signed on to work in a movie about the harlem renaissance so that's also really cool Mm -hmm. and then i'll finally i'll say while we were dating by jasmine guillory i have not finished this one i just started a few days ago but it's about an actress who lands a major ad campaign and it's like the guy in charge of he's like the ad ad exec who and they kind of start fake dating because of you know romance reasons and (laughs) And then they fall in love. So, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I feel like because romance reasons is like the future t-shirt. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to say too. It's like about anything. It's like, well, romance reasons. Like yeah. they, can't, they can't not be in the same room. <laughs> Doesn't make sense. No, but it's romance reasons. It's, it's romance fine. reasons. Don't bother with it. <laughs> there were so many different directions that we could have taken that conversation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was great. That was awesome. Yeah, that was really fun. So... <laughs> 
Um, We will be right back with our interview with Jeanette Alexander, author of I Kissed a Girl. Today, we are joined by author Jeanette Alexander, whose debut romance, I Kissed a Girl, asks if Hollywood scream queen is ready to find her Miss Wright. Welcome to the podcast, Jeanette, and congratulations on your first release. Did you uh, do anything fun to celebrate? Um, in the process of doing things fun to celebrate, I had an ice cream sandwich for breakfast. I don't know if that counts. We went out for sushi for lunch, and I've been told there is champagne and brie in the fridge that I'm not allowed to look at yet. Oh, <laughs> I love Little bits that. and pieces over the course of the day. Yes, yeah. that's the best way to be. Yeah, we should say when we're recording this, this is release day. I mean, like this is, yeah, thank you for like sharing part of your release day Yay. with us. Oh, it's <laughs> exciting. It's been um it's been a wild ride so far, just trying to get used to the concept that I've got a book out in the wild that people can buy and read. We took a run by Chapters, which is our local big bookstore up here, mm-hmm. and I wanted to go and, and get a little photo of my book in the wild if I could. And I went in and it was on the front table. I was like, oh my God, I can't Yay. go for this. Yeah, that's something. That's the best feeling. I love that so much. Before we kind of dive into the ins and outs of your book, Mm -hmm. I do want to say or talk about how writing is not your only brush with creativity in the arts. You previously worked in theater and in dance and TV production. And I was wondering how those different occupations helped inform the writing of this book. It sounds like a lot of different things on the surface, (laughs) but I've been a wardrobe technician through all of it. Okay. Wardrobe technician or wardrobe consultant or historical Mm -hmm. consultant dealing with clothes. So it's all essentially the same career stream, but with lots of different types of gigs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that's where I really developed a love for the kind of creative people you can get in film and in theater and in the dance world. There's just so much of this incredible energy and wild creativity in every direction. And the shenanigans mm-hmm. that happen backstage are legendary. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to try and capture a little bit of that energy and excitement and hopefully convey it to people because it's a wonderful world backstage as well as on stage. And I think maybe the actors get a little bit too much of the screen time. I know I've got an actor as a lead in the book, but I wanted to show <laughs> some of the backstage shenanigans as well because that's, that's my favorite part. Yeah, for sure. I was a, a theater kid, um, high school through college, <laughs> all backstage, stage manager, light sound, all that. And yeah, the shenanigans that we got into backstage. <laughs> I'm like, I don't appreciate you sharing our secrets like this. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, then I think I included fairly tame compared to some of the things I've seen backstage, but I wanted to keep some confidentiality intact. Yeah. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, and I love too that you, um, you know, through all of this, you have been a wardrobe technician. Like, how did you get into that? Like, what was this, what was your interest and what intrigued you to, to um, pursue that as your career? I did a little bit of it in high school. I was a bit of a theater kid in high school, mm-hmm. did stage crew. We put on a fashion show and helped with some of the school plays. And I took an elective in undergrad because I had a time slot that I needed filling and there was a theater wardrobe elective available. And at the time I was playing in a medieval group called the Society for Creative Anachronism. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, get together, wear costumes, drink beer and hit people with sticks. Mm-hmm. It's great fun. Uh, and I wanted to beef up my sewing skills. So I took this and that exposed me, exposed me to the theater side of uh, sewing and building costumes as opposed to, you know, convention cosplay and things, which I'd done a little bit of. I stopped at journeyman level. So I finished undergrad. I was working in marketing for a couple of years and it kind of ate my soul. And mm-hmm. I discovered that there was a program for theater wardrobe 
And I went into that for to do a diploma in that. And I absolutely got the bug. It was fantastic because mm-hmm. for part of it, you needed to do co-op backstage and work on some actual productions and mm-hmm. work with, get to know the energy of opening night and preview yeah. night and the absolute unmitigated chaos of stapling and you know, hot gluing things onto tutus <laughs> at the last second and before you push people out on stage. And I fell in love with it. And then I guess that, and then from there into film and I did a lot of work with local dance companies. I like working with spandex. It's very forgiving. Okay. <laughs> the person is very forgiving, not necessarily for the dancer inside it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I've kept up with that. I like to keep a toe in the industry. Lila is inspired by probably little bits and pieces of a lot of actors Mm -hmm. I know um, Mm -hmm. in that that teenage to early 20s space and the the yearning and the the striving and the positioning on that point of greatness is this incredible moment of transition that just lends itself to so many different stories. Mm-hmm. So I guess she's she's not anyone in particular, but she is a composition and a compilation of a lot of different young actors I've known and admired. She's also pretty much everybody's insecurities bundled into one person. But that's- <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's so much fun to play with too, like insecurities and kind of having a character learn so much about themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, it gives you space for some wonderful arcs and hopefully leave them in a better place at the end of the story. Mm -hmm. The other main character, Noah, she is an FX makeup artist, which I mean, on a horror film, like dream, you know, the dream (laughs) job. And I was wondering, now that we know a little bit about your background in on the fashion side of things, kind of what did you know about FX makeup before you wrote this book? I know the effects people are amazing. They are Mm -hmm. so skilled. Yeah, it's a real treat to actually sit and watch them work and build up these incredible creations on somebody's body so with wardrobe you're working in fittings and you see them Mm -hmm. a couple of times but the Mm -hmm. makeup people are right in there all the time yeah it just I admire it as an art form honestly Mm -hmm. and I've been a huge fan of form of uh, horror movies for a long time and my partner Mm -hmm. is a massive fan of horror movies love it yeah so it was this sort of um, perfect opportunity both to drop a billion easter eggs into the book Mm -hmm. and to explore a little bit of that aspect of things where I'm I'm familiar Mm -hmm. but it's not my own life that I'm writing Right. So like through your research, did you learn any like tricks or like techniques or anything that you can like apply to real life? (laughs) (laughs) Our Halloween costumes are great around this house. I bet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I've got a couple of really creative kids and we come up with a household theme every year. Yeah. Sort of balls to the wall Halloween around this place. I love it. What were you, what did you do like last year or the year before? Last year was a little toned down. Right. Um, We did shark attack. So we had um, tinfoil covered shark fins, dorsal Mm -hmm. fins swimming in our garden. And my daughter, she's she's 13 last year. She decided to be Mm -hmm. a bit of an iconoclast. And we found a magic carp costume at Value Mm -hmm. Village. And my son went as a hammerhead shark. Oh, my gosh. My husband went as uh, Captain Ahab. um, What's his name? From Jaws. But yeah, so we did Shark Attack last year. This year, the kids voted on lycanthropy. So oh my goodness, aware, yeah. My son wants to be a wear chameleon. So oh. put in an order for the scaled spandex pretty soon so it gets your into <laughs> That Hi. is so fun. Yeah, you guys are definitely, you're in the cool house yeah. on, on Halloween. I mm-hmm. love that. You have to share photos of the family. That's oh, fantastic. Yeah, we've got a running competition with our neighbors across the street, actually. They go all oh, out good. too. So we try, we're trying to escalate a little. Well, you know, we can't talk about romance set. Um, a romance set in and around a horror movie without asking you about your favorite romances and horror movies. Um, what are some of your favorite must watches? Recently, we saw a fantastic one called Dog Soldiers. 
it's mm-hmm. a UK production. It's a horror movie. Let's do the horror side first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's werewolves. It's set in Northern Scotland and it's a set of British squatties who are going up for a training mission that goes terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. What I like best about this one is the effects are all still practical effects. It's oh, made, I, love I think that. 2013 or something fairly recent, mm-hmm. but they're mm-hmm. still doing all practical effects, which have a greater weight and gravitas to them, I think. Than I agree. I 100% agree. Yeah. yeah absolutely. That one was good. As far as actually scary, uh, we finally caught up on Haunting of Hill House. Okay. Ah, mm-hmm. I've had trouble sleeping because of that one. <laughs> and for a slightly lesser scare factor, but still really intriguing literary factor, Haunting of Bly Manor by the same team. Mm-hmm. It's much less of a boo jump and much more of a sort of intimate meditation on grief with a few yeah. ghosts. With some ghosts. To with some it ghosts in it. Yeah. As opposed to a whole lot of ghosts with a little bit of thinking in it. Right. <laughs> Which is more the Hill House thing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Bly Manor, I can wholeheartedly recommend, even for those who aren't super into the scary bit. Yeah. That sounds more up my alley. I'm definitely, when it comes to movies, especially, I'm a big scaredy cat. <laughs> oh, that's fair. My to-be-read pile is gargantuan. Mm-hmm. So I'm working my way through slowly. Um, I had the privilege of joining up with a group of other Jewish romance authors fairly recently. So I'm starting to work my way through some of their backlists. Oh, fun. Um, the one I'm reading right now, I just started it, is Anne of Manhattan by Brina Starling. Mm-hmm. And it's lovely. I was a huge mm-hmm. Anne of Green Gables fan. I'm a Canadian, mm-hmm. so I think it's kind of required. Right, it's required uh, literature. This is this uh, <laughs> modern update of the Anne of Green Gables story. Yeah. And it opens like diary entries of sort of catching us up on how her childhood would have played out. And I was roaring with laughter by the second page. <laughs> so I can recommend that one. The writing style, her voice is lovely. Yeah. I do have to register a complaint as a maritimer. I am required to complain that she moved it to the United States. Oh, that's rude. <laughs> so I've got to dock a point for that one mm-hmm. but that's just patriotism so <laughs> she could have gone with Anne in Toronto I don't know why this wasn't you know it's right there <laughs> or start in PEI and then move to New York I could have gone mm-hmm. with that yeah. but if that's my only complaint you know that's not too bad <laughs> it's fair yeah for sure I love it <laughs> so something that Gwen and I talk about on the podcast, like in our various segments is what's bringing us comfort or what's bringing mm-hmm. us joy. It's something that we take very seriously. And we always, every episode, we talk about mm-hmm. things that are just making us happy and giving us joy and making mm-hmm. us feel comforted. So we want to know something, this could be anything. It could be mm-hmm your favorite sweatsuit. It could be, you know, something you've read or watched. Like we, we just talked about that, but it's, yeah, we would love to know what has been bringing you comfort recently. It's incredibly cliche to say my family, um, but I am very, very lucky to have kids I adore and a partner who's fantastic. And we spent a whole lot of time together over the last year and a half through the various lockdowns and so on. Mm -hmm. And we've taken some of that time to go on trips around our province. Mm. Uh, We can't get out of the province because it was under (laughs) lockdown for so long, but doing a few weekend trips and day trips. And we went to this beach, not too far from us, which has a population of feral rabbits. These were domestic rabbits that were let loose about 40, 50 years ago, I think, and they formed their own colony. And they're not super afraid of humans. Mm -hmm. And we went down to the beach and it was about sunset and we were hanging out in the grass and these rabbits just jumped out of the hedges and came towards us. Wow! And my kids were able to lie flat and feed the rabbits out of the palms of their hands. And it was just this incredible, perfect moment of the wild and the domestic and the yeah. family and the animals and I, I don't know it's it sparked joy 
to yeah. steal from Marie Kondo, right? Yeah, it's a really perfect moment. Oh, that well, I guess feral point. rabbits bring me joy these days. <laughs> yeah, as they should. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love that so much. So um, every episode of our podcast, Danielle and I talk about a different topic that has something to do with the with the author that we are interviewing. And today's episode is all about celebrity culture and gossip. Um, and so I'm just curious, you know, having written about Hollywood and and the film industry and being in television production. What is your opinion on celebrity culture? And are there any resources that you read? Um, and if you have like tabloid suggestions or anything, <laughs> especially being Canadian, you might have yeah. some different ones. Yeah. I am so torn on this because mm-hmm. it can be so invasive yeah. and it can be really destructive for the people who are being gossiped about. And I, I touch on that a little bit in the book, Lila mm-hmm. Becomes a Target at one point. And so there's this horrible side of it where it really can be invasive, especially when celebrities' kids are involved. Yeah. But at the same time, we're all human beings. We like to know what's going on or even what we pretend and imagine might be going on in the lives of our favorite celebrities with the understanding that so much of it is constructed reality. Right. Right. Now, having been backstage with some of these people and then seeing how they're represented in the media, the difference is astonishing. And so it gives me a little bit of comfort to know that most of the gossip is about the constructed reality, not the real mm-hmm. reality. If that mm-hmm. Absolutely. A phrase. I do follow some celebrity gossip sites. I have to admit, I like celibitchy. Mm-hmm. They're pretty yeah. much all royal family <laughs> these days. I am team Sussex to the death. Um, <laughs> so I like them quite a bit. Uh, they're probably the only ones I really keep up with these days. I think um, mm-hmm. the Mary Sue has some gossipy bits, mm-hmm. but it's more about movie reviews and things. Yeah, Brian Mulroney, of course, is one of the big gossip guys out here. He's the son of our former prime minister, mm-hmm. which is a whole odd dynamic in and of itself. Celebrity's one of my favorites too. It's my morning, every morning read. When we do talk about kind of our overarching theme, we usually have like pop culture rec- but also on the flip side on freshfiction.com I do a lot of our blog interviews mm-hmm. and I'm all I found I think authors for whatever reason have their thing like they just they give the best pop culture recommendations so is it a new show a new movie maybe a podcast and I was wondering do you have any any pop culture recommendations you'd like to share with our listeners the, the Godzilla universe, I think, is, I'm not sure what they're calling it officially, mm-hmm. but it's this series of movies all based around Godzilla. So we had Godzilla and Godzilla King of the Monsters and Godzilla versus Kong dropped fairly recently. And, uh, and we've been watching quite a few of those. And it's yeah. really, really fun to see all the references they put into the old kaiju mm-hmm. movies, so, you know, the original Japanese ones, because they're really pulling on, on this incredible genre with this real depth of material there Mm -hmm. it's fun to slide that in i'm an mcu fan i've been looking forward to seeing what they do with phase four i've been reading the young avengers comic books for a long time and following those characters so to see them start to assemble the team up in the uh the latest tv shows has been exciting i'm partly scared partly really excited to see where they're going to go with it because of course the mcu changes everything from the comics so we'll see what happens there i think the next piece of that that i'm really looking forward to is the hawkeye show which drops in yeah. November. Mm-hmm. November 24th is the date I heard for that one. Um, Haley Steinfeld's in that one and I adore her. So yeah. I'm, I'm de- really looking forward to seeing her on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think she's such an interesting actress mm-hmm. and I really, I really loved her in Dickinson. Have you seen 
Dickinson. It's on Apple TV. It's really, yeah, I highly, I know it's on Apple TV. So it's like kind of obscure to get to, but mm-hmm. she's really excellent in Dickinson. Oh, we caught up on Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. Again, that's fairly old, but because everything's streaming these days, it feels like everything's out at exactly yeah. the same time. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It's an Australian mystery series, which I can highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Have you, are you familiar with it at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 you know that one. Yeah, so that's yeah. good fun. I and mean, they had a movie fairly recently, The mm-hmm. Crypt of Crypt of Secrets. I think right. so. that sounds Something right. Like yeah. yeah. I think I've watched almost all of them, all of the TV show. I've not mm-hmm. caught up with the movie, but I think I'm actually going, I think mm-hmm. I may read the books because I hear they're really, they're really fun. And I don't know. I started the first yeah. one and after three pages of them describing her car, I tapped out. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it may, oh, it wasn't yeah. for me. That's all. Yeah. That's, no, that's a good warning. That's mm-hmm. I'll keep that in the back of my mind. <laughs> It felt a little bit like the female version of a Tom Clancy novel where you get all the specs mm-hmm. of the guns. Yeah. yeah. Here we're getting the wardrobe in the car. Yeah. I may try again at some point. So maybe some of the later books have a slightly different style, but it might work. Yeah. I am not very good at social media. I'm fairly <laughs> inept at most of it. So I've avoided TikTok and Instagram, mm-hmm. but I am on Twitter. So you can get me on Twitter at, at Janet Alexander. Fairly straightforward, two ends in Janet. And I have a website that I update not nearly as often as my publisher would like me to, I think. Uh, JanetAlexander.com. <laughs> Those are probably the best ways to get in touch. Uh, Twitter would be the easiest one. I love that she spent her release day with us. That's so nice. What a surprise that was. I was like, oh, of course today's your release day. Oh my goodness. How are you celebrating? (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, oh yeah. And then I have champagne later. I was like, wait a second. (laughs) That's fun. That's really special. All right. So let's talk about our goals from last time. Mm -hmm. My goal was to figure out a writing routine and try to write something every day. And thankfully, like I mentioned at the top of the show, my daughter is at summer camp right now, day camp. Um, One day we'll be so lucky she'll go to sleepaway camp Um, (laughs) right now. Right now, stay camp. Um, But yeah, we will, you know, so I've I've had a lot more time to myself (laughs) and I can write during the day. Um, And so, yeah, so I I feel like I've accomplished my goal. That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So my goal from last week was to keep my, or last episode was to keep my work email clean and organized. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yes, that is true. I'm not super good today. Like if you ask me today, it's not Mm -hmm. as clean as it should be. We'll be there by the end of the week. It will. And that's Good. really what matters. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that counts. Um, so yes. what's your goal for this time? So this new goal for me, I need to be drinking more water. Mm-hmm. I know that we bring this up probably every few episodes for us. It goes back and <laughs> forth between the two of us, but it is now my turn to be mm-hmm. getting back on the water wagon. Um, I just, yeah, I was starting to feel so dry and everything's mm-hmm. getting, it's, it's hot, it's cold. I don't know. We got fans everything yeah. is dry. So I got to drink more water. I'm yeah. trying to make it fun for myself or just remember to do it and do not you, coffee, not tea. Straight yeah. water. Will you do like a sparkling or do you just want straightforward regular? I, I will do a sparkling, but it makes my tummy upset after a while. Mm, yeah. So I it's agree. like, it's, it's like a fun treat for like mm-hmm. a few sips. And then I'm like, okay, that's his own. And then it sits there and gets warm. Yeah. yeah. We were, where were, oh, I think it was when we were on vacation, but I had just a plain Perrier mm-hmm. and it was delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Perrier that makes it so much better. Cause you know, it's like, I'll drink a LaCroix 
you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, some sort of fizzy water with a little flavor. But I just had a plain Perrier and I was like, it's the best. This is the best. What a treat. I, I know. Really this. Yeah, I know. Um, What's your new goal this week? My new goal. Okay. I feel like I've been talking about summer day camp, but it's very exciting to be mm-hmm. in my house by myself. But I am getting a taste of what it will be like fingers crossed, who knows what's going on in the world, but fingers crossed, my daughter will be going back to school so long as it's safe. Um, and the school can guarantee that it will be safe. Um, but I, you know, so I'm going to have these, this long, these many hours by myself, I need to figure out like what my work routine is going to be. I had mm-hmm. anticipated doing this last school year because she was going to first grade and it was going to be a longer, a little bit of a longer school day. But we didn't get that. And Mm -hmm. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, trying to work and write and also troubleshoot whatever issue my daughter's laptop was having all at the same time. So now I think I need I need to figure out like what my day is going to look like, you know, how when am I going to do fresh fiction stuff? When am I going to do writing stuff? And at some point I'm going to have to add in there, like, when am I going to do author stuff? So it's all and also like putting in time to just not maybe to watch a show or read a book or give myself some time to just mindlessly scroll through instant, you know, through social media and Instagram and Twitter and everything. So that is my goal to at least by the end of this week to kind of try to figure that out. But Mm -hmm. then, so hopefully when school starts, ideally in the next two weeks, (laughs) um, we will, I'll have some kind of a plan for what to do. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds great. I love, I love a routine. I love a process. Nothing makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. I know. And it's like, I don't know sometimes why I feel like I'm so resistant to it because I know that it works for me. So I just I need to do it. It's, it's really obnoxious. I also don't like to be told what to do, even if it's me telling myself what to do. That's probably what it is. But I still need to be told what to do. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> is there, um, you know, is there anything that's bringing you comfort and joy this week since we're getting closer and closer to school starting? Yes. Well, I'm back on my Trader Joe recommendation and I'm going to pull it out. So Gwen can see this. I am dying. When I read this, I was like, I gotta know. So I want to say the Trader, Trader Joe's like beauty and like their household stuff, like don't sleep on it. Go Mm -hmm. look. It's a small, it's not even a full aisle. It's like half an aisle. It's full of great things. Mm -hmm. And they have a hand cream that is actually a dupe for the L'Occitane, I don't think I'm saying that right. L'Occitane. Yeah. L'Occitane shea butter hand cream, which is quite expensive. It's like 30 to $40 for like a three ounce tube, but you can go to Trader Joe's and you can get a three ounce tube for under $10 Mm -hmm. and every season they have a special flavor. And so the flavor for like mid summer is strawberry lemon and this stuff smells, I'm going to smell it right now. I'm going to be like, it's like ASMR. Like that's gross. I can't believe it. That. But anyway, it is it slower. I don't, I can't, no, I'm not going to do it again, okay. <laughs> but it smells so good. It smells like, so for a while in my childhood, there was a bubblicious flavor mm-hmm. that was strawberry lemonade. And this smells like it. Oh my God. It's not over. Like, I know that sounds like cloying and gross, but it's not super overwhelming. It smells so good. I love it. <laughs> and yeah. And, but I mean, 
I'm so I have this drawer. I don't know if you guys can hear me rummaging through. I have this drawer next to where I sit at my desk and it's just full of hand cream because mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with hand cream. But I have and I have more. I have more Trader Joe's. Like their fall scent last year was ginger. It's almost oh, out. I hope goodness. they bring it back because yeah. it's so good. And then their spring one was rose oil, which also smells really good. And it and it there's something else in it because it doesn't just smell like roses, which I know can, some people like like roses, some people don't. And then they, they also have just like an unscented plain version. I could talk all day. I could honestly talk for hours on end about Trader Joe's hand I mean, cream. I love it too. I <laughs> wish we could get, we're working on that Trader Joe's sponsorship so we can uh, get paid in hand creams. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. I would like to get paid in those little, have you tried the chocolate chip, the chocolate chip dunkers, the cookie mm-hmm. dunkers? No. We'll have to talk that about those another great. time, but they are like the perfect little, like it's like a coffee cookie. Like it's mm-hmm. like that crispiness. So you can dip it into your coffee, that but it sounds great. Yeah. It's wonderful. You they know what I do good. love? They have, they have chocolate chips that mm-hmm. are like shaped like Pringles. Oh man. But they're chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're chocolate chips. They're so yeah. great. Okay. <laughs> we need to stop talking about Trader yeah. Joe's. Trader Joe's. You got us, you got us, you got us hooked in. Okay. All right. So I'll go into my comfort. Yes. What um, is bringing you joy? <laughs> mine is bringing me literal comfort. Uh, yeah. So I um, really love, you know, I love yoga. I love stretching. I love bending over, like bending over. That sounds very sexual. I love fold, <laughs> doing a, a, a full fold yeah. so I can touch my feet. Um, but my knees are old like the rest of me. And I cannot use a traditional yoga mat. And I have not been able to for many, many years, because it just feels like the ground is going to go inside my body. Um, But I discovered a few years ago, thicker yoga mats. Mm -hmm. And on accident, when I was ordering new ones for the for our move, I ended up ordering a one inch yoga mat instead of a, a half inch yoga mat. And so it is just like a normal yoga mat. That's an inch of foam. It's so cushy. It's wonderful to just like walk on. So like, even if you just go and need that sort of transitional feel under your feet, you can go and stretch your feet out. Um, it's yeah. So now we've got them positioned in different spots in the apartment. So we can just have a random stretch whenever we feel like it. I, I just clicked on the link. Of course, all of the things we're talking about, we will put in show notes. Absolutely. It looks luxurious. It looks great. It's wonderful. It's worth it. It's worth, it seems pricey, but it's worth the price. They are really good quality mats and good foam. Um, Yeah. Listen, I live in a relatively well-off area. I've seen yoga mats for more than this. These are all, I'm going to say, these are all around 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. There are, I've seen people pay much more than that. And probably for not as nice of quality. And now yeah. you have a recommendation. I'm I'm here for this. I may have to get one. You have to get one. You can even, <laughs> if, you, if you're like one inch seems too much, they have half inch ones. Mm-hmm. That's the typical one that you can normally mm-hmm. get. If you look up like yeah. thick yoga mat, it's usually a half inch. Like it. I like it. Um, and they're, and they're just as like, they don't go anywhere. So they're just yeah. as well, non-slip as a regular map. I like it. Well, I think Danielle, we did it. I think we, we got to the end know. of our episode. Um, you guys can always follow us on all of the socials at fresh fiction. Uh, please rate and follow, or sorry, please subscribe, follow rate and review us. We'd love to have that. It always makes us feel good. And not only does it make us feel good on the inside, it helps us become more discoverable. So we really, really appreciate it. You can also follow me 
at Real Vixen on all the socials. Yep. And you can follow me at D Jackson Books as well. <laughs> Danielle, always a pleasure. I love, I love our afternoons together. Me too. All right. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye. <laughs>